Welcome to The Gonzier Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Gonzier. Today, I sit down with Dr. Amanda Holdsworth, founder of Holdsworth Communications. For more than 20 years, Amanda has spearheaded the PR, communications, and marketing of K-12 schools, colleges, and universities, including the University of Michigan. She was an early adopter to blogging. She's published research on burnout. She has been an assistant professor in two countries. In this episode, Amanda shares why it's important to take risks, explore new jobs, and how she successfully built a communications career in metro areas across the country. Here's Amanda. You know, growing up, what were, did you have like a dream job or a dream career? Was communications at all as you grew older, something that you thought about maybe in high school or college? Yeah, it was actually always pretty much communications. And for a couple of reasons, one, I have an older brother who's nine years older than me. So he went into broadcasting school, radio broadcasting when I was nine and he was 18. So I was really fascinated with that type of world. And, and before that, as a teenager, he worked at the local radio station, TV station. So I was just kind of always exposed to that. And um, I grew up in Canada. And at the time, we used to have five years of high school in our province. And by the time you hit 11th grade, you had to decide what you wanted to do after high school. So if you're going to go to university, what were you going to major in? Because then your last two years of courses were going to be tracked toward that field. So being, you know, wanting to go into something in communications, at first I thought it was like international broadcasting or something. I want something with international spin. Um, I didn't have to take like the advanced physics classes and, you know, calculus and that sort of thing. So I knew I always wanted to go into something in communications. It just, I didn't really know what. And I started volunteering at a local radio station when I was 15. And then I did an internship with the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, the TV side when I was 17. So I always knew it was going to be something this realm. What do you think uh, attracted you so much to communications? Like you said, you, you had a brother in, into it, but what do you think kind of keeps you in it? And what, what's, what are some of your favorite components of a communications career? It's always been writing for me. I just love writing. Going back to when I think I won my first young authors competition when I was seven. So I've always really been into writing and kind of crafting these stories with the written word. I'm a huge reader. You know, that's what I spend my downtime. I always have my nose in a book. So for me, it's always been um, the writing component. And then with PR, you know, it's a challenge, right? When you talk about public relations side, because you've got to get everything down into a short snippet. But then now as things have evolved, I'm going to be honest, like I'm not a social media fan. <laughs> I totally like rejected Facebook for the first few years when it came out in the early like 2000s. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to deal with this. And now we know that we have to. So now it's even shorter snippets. But then blogs came along. I actually started my first blog going back to 1999. So I'd always been blogging, but that was more of a way of me um, communicating with friends and family without having to write 10, 15 different emails. So the blogging long form has become like actually a really big passion of mine. So the content. So I think the component of you can take one story, especially when we're talking about communications within schools, you can take one story and just repurpose it so many different ways. And I just, I think that component makes it a lot more fun than it used to be. Yeah. So you were right on the cutting edge of blogging then in 99, like there probably weren't that many blogs out at that point. No, I think it was, it was GeoCities. So I like shout out to GeoCities. And I actually, <laughs> when I was in a graduate school at USC, I ran an um, international communication studies program. So I was the graduate coordinator for that. So we took students abroad to Europe for a traveling class this summer. 
So I would trek myself over, and this was about 2000, summer 2001, because it was right before 9-11, trek myself to a little local internet cafe and set up my little GeoCities blog. And, and, and that way, because we used to have limits on emails, like you couldn't send pictures through email, like if you sent more than two pictures in somebody's email box before it would bounce back. So mm. it was like setting up like a look, this is what we did today here, some pictures and, you know, spend two hours because the internet was so slow and you could uploading photos of the camera and the computer. So I'm definitely dating myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love shout out to GeoCities. I do remember, yeah. I remember that uh, <laughs> website hosting company, whatever you want to call oh, it. Oh yeah. Yep. What do you think that, you know, maybe in the past, like the old way of thinking was you kind of work for one company and you stay there for a while, maybe change jobs a little bit within the company. But it seems like a lot of the people I talk to these days and a lot of friends changing jobs is just kind of part of the way the careers are going. And especially even changing companies, a lot of times that's what you have to do to, to get ahead. Do you feel like there, that's the case and you feel like there's less of a stigma surrounding that? You know, it probably all depends on who the hiring manager at the next company is or what their culture is. Um, I've always been kind of a job. I don't, like, I don't even like the term job hopper. I would just see opportunities and just say, you know what, I want to try this opportunity or I try to do something within my own. You know, I've been pretty much working in schools and nonprofits my entire career. So going back to, you know, full time work in 2002, um, you know, if it was, I, I came out, out of school after 9-11 with my master's degree. So I took whatever job I could get and it was, it was a nice job. It was fine, but I was an assistant and I was photocopying press clippings, which was back then. And then a few months later, somebody came to me and said, Hey, we want to talk to you about taking the PR director position for special Olympics, Massachusetts. And I'm, you know, 23 years old photocopying press clipping. And I originally wanted to go to school for sports PR communications. And I'm like, that sounds great. So I did that for a while. And then, you know, I moved into a school. And so, and that's kind of where, where I started from there. So I think it just really depends. I personally, when I hire people, I don't frown upon it. Um, you know, I do ask the questions, you know, okay, we well, are here for three months. You were there for six months. You were there for a year. You know, what kind of environment do you feel like you thrive in? And it really took me a long time, like probably almost a good 15 years of my career to say, you know what, I think maybe I'm actually probably a better entrepreneur than I am necessarily employee because obviously I get a thrill out of the challenge and fixing things and getting everything straightened and new communications plan. Let's redo the brain. Let's get this over and done with. And then once it's over and done with, I've lost that kind of thrill. And so I think it just really depends on the person. It depends on the organization. It depends on the hiring manager. I, I mean, for me, going back, like I said, almost 20 years, I've had some people, some people interview say, well, it looks like you can't hold a job very long. But to be honest with you, not a lot of people have said that. And in some cases, and I don't want to encourage people to go and do this just to group, but in some cases, it almost like made me more attracted, attractive to um, companies or, or schools or organizations because they're like, can we be the one to, you know, keep you interested for so many years? And I had one boss who was still one of my favorite bosses to this date that I worked for for almost four years. And she was just flat out. She just called it like it was when I interviewed with her and she said, listen, I know you want to move around. I know this job that you're going to get bored with it within two years. She goes, just promise me you'll give me two years and I'll get you wherever you want to go within the university system. So I stayed with her for almost four years and it was a really fantastic experience. So I think it just depends. 
Did, was there a point in your career that you felt stuck at all? And, and how did you respond to that? What, what was your next steps uh, when, if you did feel that way? Yeah, so there were two times in my career that I thought I wanted out of education. You know, so I've worked in private K through 12, public school districts, and then public and private higher ed. And then I also worked at a parochial school for a while. And um, I actually started when I moved to Michigan in 2005, I was working at a parochial private school. And that was during the recession, which hit the Detroit area very hard. And I remember just thinking like, do I even like, is education even where it's at? Like private schools are closing left and right and public schools don't have the funding. And, you know, maybe I'm not going to have a job. Like maybe there's not a lot of job security in this area. So then I thought, well, I want to use my skills to do some good. So I want to get back to nonprofit, which I did early on in my career. And within about a week of leaving the schools, um, I, I really missed it. I missed being around the students and the kids and the teachers and the parents and that kind of community feel. So um, I felt stuck and I tried it. And honestly, I was only in that nonprofit for maybe nine months before I decided I got back into education. And then after probably another, I want to say like another seven years in education, we started to go through the same thing with funding and, you know, is this what it's going to be? And a lot of pressure on school communicators. Like now you've got every critic out there on social media and criticizing what you're doing in the press. And it got to be very, very demanding and burning out. And I thought, maybe I'll take like a corporate PR contract. Like maybe I just need to go corporate and make my money and just be happy between like eight and five. And again, within like a week, I was like, oh, look what's happening in the schools. Like, oh, that's, oh, that would have been such a great story to tell if I was still working there or still working at that client. And, and so, um, you know, I tried it and I don't regret ever setting my foot outside because I learned a lot from both times. But I, I know now with, <laughs> I mean, it's third time's the charm, right? Back in education, like I know where my, my heart is. So it sounds like you took some risks and explored some things and then kind of corrected as you went along. Yeah, you know, and I've never been afraid, and I don't know, my husband and I talk about this a lot, because we both came out of school after 9-11. He had finished his undergrad, I'm a little bit older, and I just finished my master's, and there were no jobs, you know, there weren't a lot of jobs to be had around there. There was, like, the recession, I moved to Boston, which had a big biotech bust, like, right after 9-11, so you took whatever job you could, and he and I had both been laid off during recessions at different times, so I don't know if it's this fear of like, you know what, I lost, already lost a job. So what do I have to lose this time? If I don't like it, I'm sure I can find something else. And I've always landed on my feet. So I don't know if that plays into it a little bit, but um, the risk taking has never really been an issue with me. tell me a little bit more on why you started your own business? Like what were some of the compelling reasons that you decided to, to do that? Well, the, the biggest reason, and this is probably going to sound almost bitter, but I worked with enough agencies in my career. And a lot of times I would see what they would charge either me or a friend of mine that was in another district or another school for the services. And I used to, there, there were some times I'm going, wait, you're paying that much money. Like you should have a full-time person. Like they're not providing you the value that, that, you know, you can get, or they're hiring people from um, outside of education, or maybe somebody who does 
oh, we do education, nonprofit, and sports and healthcare. Well, how do you really specialize in education? Like, you don't know how these things kind of work. And so um, for me, that was a big component was to be able to serve schools in the way that I feel is value added and affordable for them. And they're getting what they need. And I can go to bed at night knowing that I'm not ripping anybody off. Like they're getting exactly, you know, what they signed up for and more usually because we include a lot more in our packages. So that was one component. Um, as you said, I alluded to it earlier where, you know, I, I was here for four years or there for three years or there for two years or, you know, another place for three or four years. And after a while, um, that actually does, that kind of experience does lend itself to work really well as an entrepreneur once you stay in that field. So I, early on, my very first job in, in education, after I was already running programs as a graduate student, I ran a couple of programs at USC as a graduate student, so I got that side. And I also worked on my undergrad in registrar and admission. So I understood all those different components. But then as I was working full-time at a, a very small private graduate school in Boston. And if anybody knows edu higher ed in Boston, you throw a stone and you hit another phenomenal school. So marketing and advertising are super cutthroat. And I had no experience in advertising. And I worked for an advertising wizard there who taught me everything he knew. And that was great. Then I moved to Michigan and I worked in a private, like a private parochial school, very small. So I got to learn that side of it. And then I went into a large private school um, one of the top in the country that had a very storied history. And I learned there very quickly that if you have one little tiny error or if the letting in between two words is too small, you're going to get skewered for it because they expected excellence at all levels. So um, I was able to take what I learned from each one of these places and move on to the next. So by the time I was at the University of Michigan, um, where I, I spent almost four years, I had been in parochial school, private school, um, public, major public research university. I already have been in a couple of private universities. And at that point I said, well, what can round out my career? I've consulted for charter school. You know, I tried one. I had a friend who worked at one that was in desperate need of a brochure and some, some materials. So I helped her make that up. Um, and then I said, well, what, what haven't I done yet? And that, that time was public education. So I made sure that my next move was very calculated to be able to go into a public school district. And so I was able to take all these different experiences and um, you know some don't some tactics don't work, but it's really easy to say you know what we're thinking of our I do a lot with career tech ed for example um, our career tech center we need to position ourselves as like a private school because this is the value that these families are getting but they're not paying for it so we need to kind of up the ante a little bit and then I was and I can show them examples so um, those are the two main reasons and then the third is um, I just love being able to meet new people and work on projects. So if I have a branding project that's gonna last three months over here, I spend three months of just focusing on that. And then I go to this client where I'm doing just PR for them for six months and I can focus on that. And it keeps things fresh and exciting. And that's originally why I chose it as a major. It was like, you could do radio, you could do television, you could be a journalist, you could write, you could go into marketing. It was like, whoa, I could do all these things. So I love it because it just keeps it fresh and exciting. Thank you for listening to The Gonzier Show. Make sure you subscribe so you can listen to all our amazing episodes. See you next time.